Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth, our second to the last uh, episode for the book of Revelation. So I always feel a little bit bittersweet as we get to the end of these books, and this has been a good one, obviously. Uh, And we are in verse number 16. I have a coffee mug to show you. It is, uh, I don't know that this was, I guess this is probably a company endorsement because I have a a cup that says edible arrangements. It's a great cup, nice and big. We, um, here at, at Faith, we like to send flowers to people that just need encouragement. But, you know, guys don't like to get flowers. So some years ago, we discovered that if you send guys something to eat, they're generally pretty happy. So edible arrangements is a go-to for us here at Faith. Um, we are in, as I said, Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 16. So let's uh, begin there. Uh, notice uh, the Bible says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. So here we are at the very end of the book, and Jesus kind of puts his stamp, his authorization. He notarizes the book by saying, this, this is my message. Remember, we said this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in one sense, it tells us about Jesus. All the Bible does that. But in a, in a stricter sense, revelation is from Jesus. It's the revelation of Jesus. The Jesus is giving us this message. And I find that so heartwarming because John, as you know, is the one whom Jesus loved. Not that Jesus doesn't love everybody, but John really viewed himself in terms of the love that Jesus had for him. And even in the public ministry of Christ, remember John was the young man that that leaned on Jesus' chest there at the Last Supper, and the one that just had a, a, a special relationship. It was to John that Jesus entrusted the care of Mary. And so there was that special, almost familial bond that Jesus and John had. And remember, John was there at the cross, the only one of the disciples that was there at the cross. And here John is an old man. He has suffered for his faith. He has been exiled to Patmos as a common criminal of the Roman Empire. And what joy and what encouragement this must be for John to have this experience with Jesus, for Jesus to say, John, it's me, Jesus, and everything that you've seen, everything I've told you, everything that you've written down, it's all true. And I've given this message to the churches. And that's another interesting thought because the Bible says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel, this is my communication through my messenger, to testify unto you. So typically when you think about the word testify, you think about somebody who has experienced something in the past and is now relating that experience to you in the present. So in court, people give testimony. Right? Sometimes at church, we'll give our testimony. Here are some things that God did in my life. 
But is it not interesting that Jesus now says about these future events that I testify these things? You know why? Because with the Lord, uh, there is no there is no binding of time. Uh, there is time is he is the eternal God. And so he calls those things which be not, that's Romans chapter four, as though they are. Why? Because God inhabits not just our present, but our future and our past. And so he's able to testify even about things that are still future for us. What a, what a, a wonderful confidence that ought to give us to know that our God is in control. So I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. So the message of Revelation is a message, yes, for individuals. So you and I today are hearing this message. We've studied this message now for the past hundred days or whatever it's been that we've been in this study of Revelation. But the message is a message to the churches. Remember at the beginning of Revelation, uh, the message was to the churches of Asia Minor. And so there's a special message that God has for the community of believers that meet together on a regular basis and form the bond around a common love for and dedication to Jesus Christ, the churches. And so as churches, we ought to encourage each other with these words. There ought to be a, a special expectation and, and a special accountability that we have within our local churches as it relates to our mission. Remember, the mission and commission was given to the church. So it's as local churches bond together in unity around a shared belief in theology, around fellowship and the celebration of the Lord together that we accomplish God's purpose. And a great way by which to incentivize God's purpose within the church is to remind us that there's coming a future, uh, a future that we'll all be a part of. Uh, Jesus will come back and claim us as his own, the rapture. Uh, we will stand before him at the judgment seat. We will return with him at the beginning of the millennium. We will rule and reign with him for those thousand years. We will live forever in that new Jerusalem. All of this is e e essential for and relative, uh, relevant to uh, the churches. Look at verse number 16 again, where Jesus continues his testimony. He says, I am the root and offspring of David. Again, special words that, that must have had special meaning for John as a Jewish believer. He watched his own countrymen, the Jews, reject Jesus as Messiah. And yet, what does Jesus testify here? No, I am. I am the root and the offspring of David. So think about that. I am the root of David. So I precede David. David owes his existence to me. I'm the root of David, but I'm also the offspring of David. So which is it? It's both. So as God, he is the root of David. As the God-man, he is the offspring of David to fulfill the promise made to David that of thy seed shall one rule and reign in Jerusalem. And we, we find that to be true. We see the, the fulfillment of that in the book of Revelation. And so what a great statement about his deity, about his messiahship, uh, his fulfillment of the Old Testament Davidic promise 
I am the root and offspring of David. And then the Bible says, and the bright and morning star. So in modern day, we don't pay much attention to the stars. It's one of the reasons why we, I think we lose a sense of the awe of God because we're so used to man-made light and cities and night lights that we never really see the night sky anymore. Have you ever been in a, a camping situation or out on the ocean or someplace where there's just no uh, natural light and you are, or man-made light, I should say, and you look up and the stars are just so vivid, like you can touch them? Well, for... 5,900 years of human history, that's the way people have gazed at the stars at night uh, for 5,900 years. And as the night wanes on, as the morning approaches, that morning star appears. The, the, the planet Venus is the morning star. And that's a harbinger that the day is approaching. It's a harbinger that the newness of grace and mercy and everything that goes along with a new day is about to dawn. And what Jesus is saying here in Revelation chapter 22 is, I am the bright and morning star. You can see me. You might not see everything about the future. You might not see everything that's going to be part of the, the new day and the dawning of that day and the light that that will expose all that is in that day, but you can see me. And in me is wrapped up all the promises all these little snippets that we've learned, it's all wrapped up in the person of the Lord Jesus. So what a great way to bookend the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus. Jesus introduced himself in chapter one, but here in chapter 22, he's reminding us that he is God, the sovereign God, the eternal God that has it all under control and we can trust him for all of our future. Look at verse number 17. I love this. And the spirit and the bride say, come. So it, the spirit of God, obviously, the bride, uh, those of us that have been uh, ma made, uh, uh, that have a relationship with Christ by faith, uh, have been espoused to him as our husband, the bride of Christ. So believers and the spirit of God say, come. Now, to whom are they saying, come? Now, we automatically assume that the Spirit and the Bride are saying, come to all of those that need to come to Christ, uh, that thereby can come to all of what Christ offers. You know, the millennial kingdom, the new Jerusalem, heaven, uh, wonderful. But could it be that the Spirit and the Bride are saying to Jesus, come, come? Either way, it works, right? that we are looking for the soon return of Jesus. And certainly there's an offer from the Spirit of God and we as the bride of Christ ought to be saying to people, come, come, come to Christ, come unto him. The job of the Holy Spirit is to introduce people, to magnify, to signify, to point to Jesus Christ. So the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Have you heard the message? Have you heard and understood the gospel? then you ought to be a witness to, you ought to be an inviter of other people. Then the Bible says, and let him that is a thirst come. That's a direct invitation to someone that thirsts for God. Now, does, a, does mankind seek God in and of himself? No, the Bible makes that clear in Revelation, uh, rather Romans chapter three, but God's grace has appeared to all men. And if God's grace is stirring in your heart, don't resist the grace of God. 
If there's that 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 emptiness in your life that says, I need to know God, I, I have a hunger to, to know him in his fullness, then let him that is a thirst come. That there is a, there's an opportunity to quench that thirst. The water of life is Jesus. Jesus himself used that metaphor. Look at verse number 18 again, uh, verse number 17 again, and whosoever will, don't you love that? And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Whosoever will. What, what is requisite for us to come and be saved? A, a desire. Do you, will you make that choice? G- God has done his part. He sent his son. Jesus has done his part. He's paid sin's penalty. The spirit has done his part. He's done a work of conviction in your heart. Now, your part is to agree, to say yes. Whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. See, there's the freedom that we have. There's the gift of God, eternal life. There it is. It is ours for the taking, but the choice belongs to every individual person. So a great appeal at the end of Revelation that you've read these, you've read this book, you've you've considered these these awful plagues, and you've considered a life without God, which is an awful life, and then you've considered the grandeur of what heaven is and all that God offers, and to think about Christ and who He is, and to say yes to Him, whosoever will. Red and yellow, black and white, makes no difference. Old, young, rich, poor, male, female, Jew, Greek, makes no difference. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. You can come to Christ. Well, next episode, we'll finish it up. We'll start in verse number uh, 18 and and finish out the book. Thanks so much for your faithfulness. Hope you'll join us. God bless you today. Have a great day in the Lord, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.